Welcome back to the 321, a podcast by Crossbridge Church. Our mission is simple, helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. My name's Joey, I'm your host. Today I'm joined by Pastor Ellis Benton of Just Church in Brandon, Florida. Brand new church plant. We were blessed enough to have Pastor Ellis share the message this past weekend, May 30th at Crossbridge. You can catch that here on our podcast channel. We're on YouTube, Facebook, and of course, always at crossbridgenaz.org. And you can connect with Just Church at just.church or on Facebook at facebook.com slash just.churchfl. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Pastor Ellis Benton. All right, we are here with uh, Pastor Ellis from Just Church. Uh, so before we dive into more about uh, the church plant and what God's doing, uh, let's let's talk about you. Um, did you grow up in the Pacific Northwest? Yeah. yeah. So I grew up in Medford, Oregon. So I was I had started going to what was you know formerly Medford First Church of the Nazarene when I was probably in second grade um, and went there my whole life. Was discipled there as a student, and um, you know left and then came back, started interning in student ministry, became the, took the youth pastor job from my youth pastor. He actually, nice. you know, uh, kind of stepped out of the way a little bit for me. Um, intentionally, it wasn't by accident. Um, and so, that, I mean, that's a whole story for another time, but uh, then started being the youth pastor there in June of 2016. And so, yeah, I, I grew up in Medford. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, then we, you know, like I mentioned today in, in service, we transitioned you know, from the, the student ministry pastor to um, the campus, campus pastor. There. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you are married. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Me and Brooke have been married since 2016. We actually, um, like, I mean, it was like right at this, the same month that I got hired full time and we got married. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So married. And then Juniper is turning four in two weeks. And so, yeah, got a little four year old running around, man. And yeah. So that's, it's yeah. a little bit about us. Yeah. What are what are some of the biggest differences uh, from? Because I mean, everybody, everybody that lives here is not from here for the most part. I mean, sure. you don't, uh, I don't, you don't see too much of it. So, what's what's one of the biggest differences you found? Whether it's silly or like yeah. legit from moving from the Pacific Northwest uh-huh. to Central Florida, dude. I mean, at the the differences don't stop. I mean, they're just endless. I mean, <laughs> the first thing you'll notice is like, the, it's flat here. I mean, it's just flat. Oh my God. I yeah. mean, it's just flat. And then some, you know, mm-hmm. where in Oregon, like you don't, it's, there's hills everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like everyone lives on hills. Like, I mean, it's just like we were, I was running like long distance running for a little while. And, uh, I hated it because you'd end the run with like a thousand feet of elevation gain. And you just, that's a normal day there, you know? Um, and I mountain bike. And so there, I actually moved to one of the only places in Florida with actual mountain biking and Brandon. And, uh, uh, but if you could even call it that, like, I mean, so like the mount, it's a different sport. Not mountain biking, I mean, it's trail, it's, it's trail riding and it's yeah. good trails and it's, it's definitely mountain bike features and like, you know, there's definitely culture out here for it. It's just, it is 100% different than from what <laughs> I used to, you know, like riding downhill, like there is no sure. downhill riding. Sure. And so it's, it's mountain biking. It's just a different style. So, yeah. um, I mean, and then on, on, 
on weather, you know, like, I mean, it's cold. You get four seasons in Medford, especially has, you know, summer's hot, fall is crispy, but sunny, you know, then winter is cold and rainy. Mm. Spring is beautiful and allergy ridden, you know, cause yeah. all of the blooming, but um, yeah. So those are probably the main ones. And in terms of culture, it's hard to know what is, that's a Florida thing. Absolutely. Or that's like a Southern thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, so there's like, th- we are culture shocked a lot. Mm-hmm. We're like, what is that exactly? Like people call, um, a lot of people here call like shopping carts buggies. That's a Southern thing. That's a Southern thing. That's okay, Southern okay, culture. Right. <laughs> they call them buggies. Yeah. So we but never you got, experienced you that. You say it like that. You say buggies. 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 All right. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, um, it's interesting. So, from what I've known, so we live here on the East Coast in near, you know, Cocoa Beach, and we have a lot of influence from the Northeast, so New York, New Jersey. Sure. Um, we've got a lot of people that moved. In fact, half our church from Long Island. Wow. Um, I'd say that facetiously. We have we have a few families from Long Island. <laughs> um, but I know on, on the other side, you know, Brandon, getting closer to Tampa, that area, heavily influenced from the Midwest, and so yeah. you you really are like a melting pot over there. So it's yeah, it's less like Florida traditions, and then everybody just bringing their own yeah. stuff. And that's yeah. why the driving is so bad here too, man. <laughs> I'll tell you, at least in like Medford, like Oregon driving is just slow. Everyone's just slow, and you can kind of count on it. Mm-hmm. Well, here it's like you can't count on you know you get some Midwesterners who are like slow drivers, and then you get some New Yorkers <laughs> who are crazy drivers. Um, you know, but I think um, you know other than that, like there's a stat that says, you know, a thousand people a day move to Florida. Mm. I think we found that to be very true in the people that we've met. Like there, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's, it's more interesting to meet a Florida native because there's just less of those. It seems like that Mm -hmm. I encounter that I've encountered. I've encountered more people who said, Oh yeah, I just moved here three years ago or I'm just moved here six months ago. You know, then I've encountered people. Oh yeah. I've been here for 20 years. Yeah. Which is really interesting because mm-hmm. from, you know, Southern Oregon, people are born and die there. They don't you know, they don't. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, let's talk about your family life. Like y- you say you like mountain biking and yeah. you used to run. I don't know if you still like running. <laughs> oh, I never uh, liked running. But, yeah. <laughs> but what, what does your family do for fun? Sure. Man? I mean, I think one of the cool things about um, moving here is the obviously the beach and like sure. over on that side, you know, like the white sand beaches are like stuff out of legend for us. Like, how could we ever? How could that be like a daily thing or like a weekend thing that we could do? Sure, you know, and so that's been really fun. We've been you know going to the beach almost every Saturday since we've been here, which has been really really fun. Um, you know, for me and Brooke to like you know just hang out. Juniper loves the water. Um, I think other than, you know, other than that, like we're big foodies, like, which is nice living next to a city mm-hmm. with a lot of like culinary, you know, like, like excellence, you know? Sure. Um, and so we're, again, we're kind of small town in Medford. Um, and there's, you know, there's not as much culinary excellence as there is in like a bigger metropolitan area. So that's been kind of cool that we, I mean, we do like, I know it's funny to say, but like, we like to explore, you know, new, new places to eat. Yeah. We both like to cook. I like to cook at home too. And, um, we like to, you know, hang out with our dog and <laughs> I mean it really I mean right now it's just I mean I think you kind of know how it is and anyone with young ones is everything's really wrapped up in you know absolutely in parenting yeah. at this stage of life and um, you can either resent that or kind of <laughs> lean into Embrace it, it. Yeah. and just know that you know 
Yeah. It's, it's a little chaotic and, um, you know, you kind of embrace the, the chaos of, mm-hmm. yeah, your Sandy toddler, like, you know, that could keep us away from the beach, but we don't let it. Cause we're just like, we live here and we can, you know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. We got over it. So we, we used to live in the Jacksonville, St. Augustine area. We got sure. over it fast. Um, b- before we had kids, I got over having sand in the car. Yeah. Cause I liked going to the beach rap more than I uh-huh. liked complaining about the sand. Uh-huh. And so, uh, we just sort of got over it and, you know, there's just sand. You, there's just, just sand. You is. just kind of be used to it. Yeah. I, I did try surfing for the first time yesterday. Oh, yeah. Because there's no waves on that side right, you know, of yeah. Florida, but there's waves on this side. It did not go well. <laughs> well, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, so let's talk. You you mentioned a little bit about the dream and, and how how the idea of just church over in Brandon has kind of come to being. And, and if you missed that, uh uh, Pastor Ellis was with Crossbridge Church on Sunday, and we were. Uh, he talked a little bit about how he was kind of brought up to be a campus pastor. They had a lot of momentum, and then just like everybody else, coronavirus kind of got in the yeah. way of that. So, talk about the transition from campus pastor to let's plant a church in Florida, and what, yeah. what's the what's the vision? What's the goal? Uh, how can people maybe get involved and and kind of follow the journey, whether it's yeah. prayer or giving or whatever that looks like. Yeah, I mean, so I think to start with kind of what you first mentioned, the kind of the story from campus pastor to church planter, um, the the goal all along, you know, so Pastor Dale Schaefer, um, you know, he's the district superintendent here in Florida. That's a big reason why I'm out here is, you know, he's a mentor of mine and a good friend. And, you know, so like I called him to say, hey, like when I knew the campus was not going to kind of reopen, you know, like it was pulled in for COVID and then everybody in, in church leadership last year was trying to figure out what was what, right. We're trying, like no one, nothing was a right. None none of it had been done before. And so, so me realizing again, like, you know, through like just the spirits guiding, like I just remember like the day I knew it wasn't going to reopen the day I knew like, man, all right, it's time to start thinking about what's next. And, um, I'm a, I, the reason I even got into the campus thing in the first place is because I went to Dale and I said, you know, when we first started talking about campus stuff, I was like, Hey, I know I'm not kind of where I need to be for that. And I know you probably got someone in mind, but I'd love to be mentored under that person and apprentice because Mm. I've got church planting in my future. I know it. Like I want, I want to pursue that. And just over time, as we talked, like, um, you know, I really credit credit Dale for not only like helping me live this out, but just kind of teaching me this, like in when you're looking at, you know, discipling someone into leadership roles. um, He knew that if I went from student pastor to campus pastor, that would have been too much weight to bear all at once. Because a lot of times when you're in student ministry, you're just doing the student ministry thing. Sure. And you're not bearing a ton of weight organizationally for, you know, especially for, you know, a, a larger church, um, you know, that could be a lot of weight all at once mm-hmm. where I think, you know, so like he had me do a lot of the branding stuff and started to give me outside of student ministry a little bit and kind of think more organizationally hit more deadlines that affected more people mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that, that was all very challenging to me. And I had to really grow into that. And so he always described it to me as like, um, 
you know, like put a little bit more weight on your back. Like you're not just going to go, you know, backpacking and you're going to start and you haven't trained and you're going to go throw a 60 pound pack on. Yeah. You know, like you've got to, you've got to work up to that. Right. Like, um, or else, or else it'll bust your knees. It's going to pull the muscles and stuff like that. It's not going to be good. It's not sustainable. And so I credit him for helping me learn that. And then even more so, you know, I think I wrestled with the campus being a failure. Oh, sure. You know, because, I felt like it, it didn't happen. So clearly it's a failure. But f- I think for the first time in my life, I'm like, I've had a lot of hurt in my life that was just self-inflicted. And I may, you know, growing up, you make stupid decisions and or rash decisions or whatever. And they're like, man, I regret that. I think this was one of the first times where I'm like, God, I was obedient to you. Yeah, and it still absolutely. didn't work out the way I wanted or the way I thought it was going to work out. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm hurt over it. And, and I think, you know, over time, God's kind of healed that and, and, and shown me that um, that wasn't a failure. That was a qualifier. Sure. Um, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't bear the weight I'm bearing as a church planter right now without doing that campus. Mm. And quite frankly, I'm not sure I would have ever gotten offered a, a position or like, you know, this opportunity on this district if I hadn't done what I did with the campus. Sure. Um, and again, not that, you know, we did anything amazing. I, I just think that it was it was instead of a, a failure, it qualified us for the next season and helped us to know what the next season would look like. Right now we're doing, we're going to do portable ministry here. I got a taste of what portable ministry was like, <laughs> even if it was only for three weeks mm-hmm. total that we were at the school. I mean, now I know, I know what it takes to, to get that team there and to like, man, it's hard, you know? So I think if I'm going into this blind, a lot of, you know, obviously moving was really, really hard, but in terms of actually launching services at a school, I've, I've done it before. Um, now it's very, very different setting, but, um, I just have seen God redeem that. What I thought was a failure. He's actually like, no, like you needed to do that because you needed that for what's next. You know, it's, it's good. It added a little weight to your bag. Mm. Um, and got you ready for the next season because there's going to be even more weight in your bag this season. You know what I'm saying? So, sure. um, and then I think to answer kind of the, you know, um, what was the next part of your question? So let's talk yeah. about like actually talk about just church and what, yeah. what's the vision for that? Like what, or is it still kind of no, so it, or is it the vision for that? It, yeah. I, like, so just church, I sat down, I think in like 2016 and, and, was starting to dream about church planting and came up with that name. I mean, like before I even envisioned anything else, I was like, man, I think that'd be a cool church name. <laughs> and then, um, and then all of the theology and meaning behind it came when yeah. we actually started to get ready to plant. And um, I think that, so just church originally is like, just come as you are, just as you are. It's our way of saying, you don't got to clean up before you show up. All those kind of terms that, you know, churches have, have used recently, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, the no perfect people type of vibe, you know, it's our way of saying that just, just as you are. Um, also it's deeply rooted in Micah six, eight. Um, that is one of my life verses and it's, Oh mortal, what do I require of you? What does the Lord require of you to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. That's good. And I, I think for me, like, you know, this weekend, you know, I, preached a message about what do you do? Like, God, what would you have me do? When I preach on Micah 6, 8, I preach a very similar sermon is like, okay, well, if you have no idea what to do, do this, do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. And I think as a young man trying to find my way, you know, in 
just as a, you know, as a, as a young man in Christ, as a young husband, young father, you know, young leader, that has been so pit, like so critical for me because there's many, many times, almost 100% of the time that I show up to a table or I show up to a, a meeting or, or I, I'm, I'm tasked with something. I'm like, I, God, I have, I'm not equipped for this. What do I do? I'm going to, I'm going to seek to do justice, Mm -hmm. right? What is right? Do the right thing. You know, you know, what's right. It's not always, Hey God, what do I do? But what's right and do the right thing. It's usually the hard thing. Do justice. Um, you know, stick up for people in need, you know, um, and, and then to love our neighbors with mercy. You know, I think one of the things that new life church does really well is, you know, they're good neighbors. We were good. We're good neighbors. You know, I think the church should be great neighbors. Um, and I want to love our, our neighbors with mercy, you know, and, and I think that, um, you know, then the next one to walk humbly, I think something, uh, that plagues the church today, the American church today is arrogance, um, pride, <laughs> pride. It's, uh, you know, we see so much of, of churches dying on the hill of, of, you know, and what a lot of ways is not necessarily, um, the Christian faith, but you know, a, more of a like patriotic faith. And I mm-hmm. think that started to divide our, our country or a nationalistic faith. And again, not to get too much into that, but, but what I'm trying to say is a politics have seeped deeply into, oh, sure. into yeah. like the church and it's divided us. And a lot of times I think over the last year, especially I've seen churches kind of take a stand politically um, and have lost a lot of influence. And I, and again, I think that is a little bit arrogant of the church to say, you know, this is this is who you should vote for. This is how you should vote. This is all the, all these things, and I think we've seen division in it. And so, I am unapologetically planting a church that is apolitical. That is like we are kingdom minded. We are not politically minded. Sure, as as a human, do I have political opinions? Absolutely. Yeah. Those don't matter when it comes to let's preach the the gospel truth. Let's preach, um, you know you know, love and mercy and, you know, you know, standing in the gap for marginalized people. And like, that's what the church of Nazarene is born on. And so, yep. and I want to do that. I want to continue that. That's why I say, you know, we're unapologetically not political. We're unapologetically Nazarene and, and Wesleyan. And I think that's another thing about um, what I'm passionate about. I think that I've kind of grown into, especially like I just got ordained this year mm-hmm. is like, man, I'm, I want to be unapologetically Nazarene because I think the Wesleyan holiness tradition has a unique voice in our day and age today. And I don't want it to be lost. Um, You know, like I think for a lot, like I'm, I'm in a lot of circles right now, even in church planting, I'm with a lot of reformed guys. I'm with, I'm with a lot of just kind of non-denominational event, very just evangelical, which doesn't always line up with Wesleyan holiness. Um, And that's okay. But I just think that, all that to say, I just think that we have a unique presence as Nazarenes in our world today, and I want to I want to continue that. I'm passionate about that, and I, I want to raise up um, holiness minded um, church planters and leaders. Like I, I have a vision for that. So all that to say, the vision for Just Church is man. We want to be a church that cares about our community um, and cares about our world. Um, you know, we're going to be you know the church that is doing outreach and like looking to serve our neighbors in whatever way we can in our community. And that is harder than it sounds. I bet, you know, that's true. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I I'm from Medford. So I always kind of just grew up knowing all the different facets of Medford moving to a new town. 
that's harder than I thought it'd be to try to discover those. So, yeah, yeah there you have it. Yeah, uh, I think that's when you talk about the uniqueness of the voice that the Church of Nazarene could have, the Wesleyan holiness. I, I'm always drawn back to it because it's, it's such a hope-filled Seriously. theology, yeah. hope-filled message that things can get better, <laughs> that uh, we can live a life of victory. Yeah. Uh, and that's what, I mean, certainly keeps me yeah. coming back to that well of of hope and, and, and yeah. So I always say good. to my, you know, like, cause I've got lots of reform, reformed friends who they, I know exactly the ways they would rebuke what I just said. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I love, what, entirely. I know what I love to say to them is like, I don't disagree with you. I just have another section to add to what you're saying <laughs> that, I mean, like, well, I don't, I'm yeah. not, not reformed, I guess. Like, obviously I'm not, you know, sometimes I make the joke, yeah, I'm not Catholic, so I guess I am, Refor you know, right? Like after the Protestant Reformation, but, um, you know, we digress into that. But I, I just say like, yeah, like a lot of times th that theology ends at like, God, I'm, you know, you're good, I'm nothing, I'm, you know, sinful, and it's the confession of sin, and it's the, you know, but it's like this next step in, in, in holiness is like, okay, so like God can sanctify you through and through yep. and, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and then what does that look like? It looks like living for others. And so that's, I'm passionate about the holiness message and re, um, helping people re-identify what holiness means. Because I think a lot of times when we hear holiness, we hear holier than thou. Absolutely. But what it really is, is holiness. Like, let's look at what is ascribed to holiness. You know, Isaiah, um, 58, and I'll paraphrase it badly, but it says, um, what, what, what kind of fasting have I called you to? It's to, you know, break the chains of oppressed to set, you know, to clothe the naked, to set the oppressed free, to, you know, release the, you know, it's like to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to, you know, provide the poor wanderer with shelter. That's the kind of holiness I've called yeah. you to. Mm -hmm. It's not to read more scriptures, to, pray a better prayer to, you know, have better behavior. It's all outward focused. And so I like to help remind people of that is like holiness is not behavior modification. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's loving and serving others. And out of the, out of this inward transformation and reconciliation with God, the father, we can have reconciliation with our world. That's holiness. So. Well, hey, as we wrap up, can you tell people how they can maybe get a hold of you yeah, when it comes to maybe joining a prayer team? Like, we want to pray for Just Church. We want to kind of follow along and see what's happening. Is there a way they can get a hold of you? Where, where, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, we are so close to having our website finished and out. All right. Um, when that happens, so by the time people actually hear this, it could even be out. Go to just.church. So J-U-S-T dot C-H-U-R-C-H. Because it is somehow I call so that that domain name is a whole nother story, but I landed that domain name somehow. It was wow, already taken. I I called a bunch of people, found the person who owned it, and they gifted it to us. So just dot church. Um, but you can find us on social media at just dot church fl, um, and so Instagram, Facebook, and we're just about to reveal our brand and uh, like all of our graphics and like what we're gonna kind of be look look like on social media and digitally. So, um, yeah. And, and in the meantime, you can always email me at, um, just dot church FL at gmail.com. Okay. And, um, and I can get you on a mailing list or on our Facebook. There's a link to sign up for the mailing list as well. So uh, we'll link all that in the show notes. We'll find that website handle, the 
Facebook stuff, all that. So, uh, Pastor Ellis, thanks for coming over yeah, this weekend. Um, really enjoyed your message. If you didn't get get a chance to catch that, you can go back on this podcast, and it'll be on there. You can find it on YouTube, uh, wherever you want to find it. But it was a great message. Thanks for doing that. Thanks so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, thanks for joining us, man. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the 321, and we will be back soon with more content. Uh, check back with our website, everything that's coming up, and on social media as well.